Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, as always, brought to you by L.L. Poporsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. 707 Walnut in Philadelphia, always at LLPoworski.com. I am Spike Eskin with the most um, uh, outstanding player of the 2016 NCAA tournament, Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Thank- Hi, Spike. Thank you for recognizing. Yep. Before it's even over. Yeah. They give it out early sometimes. All right. Before we get to all of our content, I will remind you that the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is available on Stitcher and iTunes. Please rate us on iTunes. Our our Stitcher traffic has gone up every month that we've been on Stitcher. It's not like huge or anything, but that's good. So if you're listening on Stitcher, I don't understand you, but uh, thanks anyway. The Rights to Ricky Sanchez Lottery Party is May 17th, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. at Xfinity Live with huge giveaways from LL Pavorsky Jewelers. We'll get into those later on. You can park for free. You have to get the free parking ticket at uh, Xfinity.com, XfinityLive.com or Rights to Ricky Sanchez.com. And the t shirts are available as we debuted earlier this week. They feature every process era sixer that we could think of. There are still, what, 10 days left in the season, so we're not going to print up. I told the cheesesteak tees people, don't print up any until the season's over. Well, I don't want to. Yeah. Really smart. So the T-shirts are 15 bucks if you want to pick it up at the party, 20 bucks if you want it shipped. You can order it from this post right here on um, if you're listening on the web. Otherwise, just go to cheesesteaktees.com and go to the hoops section, and you can order them. So, uh, so I, I'm very excited. The, the reception, the re- everyone was very receptive to the shirts, except for all of my typos on the list of Sixers. Sure, I'm surprised that more people weren't freak, freaking out, strong, weirded out, not weirded out, somewhere between freaking out and weirded out by the ring with TGP on it. Somewhere in that. Oh yeah, in the middle yeah. there. Yeah, I and I mentioned it separately that we are. And it's part of, I'll, I'll mention it during LL's spot in the middle of the show, but at the party, we're giving away, LL Pavorsky rather, is giving away a custom-made diamond TTP ring. The ring will say, I'm not just saying it's, like when he did the RTRS collection, it didn't say rights to Ricky Sanchez on right. the jewelry. This is a ring that actually, and he likened it to, you remember the... I was never bar mitzvahed, but have you ever seen the bar mitzvah rings that are the initials? There's just like the three initials. He likened yeah. it to one of those, but it's all diamonds and it says TTP on it. And it's worth at least at this point, it's not even made yet, but it's worth at least $2,500 and we're giving it away at the party. I am surprised there wasn't more. Uh, I think once there's a picture of it, I think people yeah. will be like, oh, that's crazy. And awesome. Crazy, and awesome, awesome, and weird. Yeah, gonna be, so going to be good. Uh, yeah, and I am happy that everyone loved the t-shirts. The t-shirts are two-sided for the first time, so I am. I'm it, very it felt excited. like a, we needed an escalation. Yeah, and I thought, you know what? After seeing it, it was the cheesesteak tees guys designed the shirt this year, and it was their idea that it be two-sided, and they were right. It was cool to have, you know, the right Ricky Sanchez thing big on one side, and then the and then and then to give proper name proper space to all of the names. 
At one version of the shirt, they had the names written in nine-point font, which, if you've ever looked, is smaller than normal font in if you're writing a paper, right? I mean, normal font is what, 11, would you say, if you're writing well, a paper? Well, 12, generally. Yeah, nine. So it was even smaller than that. So it was too small. So at yeah. least it will be big enough for you to sort of read it. So yeah. excited for the lottery party this year. And before, again, one more thing before we get going. One of the, probably the biggest Sixer fan I know, this guy, Chris Aponte, uh, you might know him on Twitter, or his Twitter was Mr. Dang Dang for a while, I don't know what it is now, but he was going to Sixers away game playoff parties when he and I were the only ones going to them, and he uh, he and his wife gave uh, had a child last week, or two weeks ago. So gave he, had a child. Yeah, so her, his na- her name is uh, Samantha Hinkietta. Uh, uh-huh. A Ponte, I think. So, Perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. So congrats to Chris. All right. So on the show today, we're going to talk about the fact that the Sixers only have five games left to win one to not tie the all-time worst 82-game record in NBA history. We'll talk about last night's uh, Villanova game in respect to the Sixers and Buddy Heald and just Villanova. I actually, you'd be proud of me. I watched most of it, I would say. Most. How about it? Yeah. Once the Sixers started, I started going back and forth. But uh, we'll talk about the revelatory article from Tom Moore about Sam Hinkie, the uh, the 500-pound squatter and high school athlete. And we will take a ton of Twitter questions. And I have a good jigs, a good gross jigsaw for you later. So that's all on the list. So Great. last last Let's night, once again, the Sixers. As uh, the saying goes, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, having a, as usual, they get down by close to 20 points. As usual, the other team relaxes and they make a run. And as usual, it just, you know, when you're starting Carl Landry at center, it just doesn't mm-hmm. feel like no matter what happens, it just, this is the, this, I know we've said this a hundred times over the last three years, but it feels like they're the worst they've ever been right now. Well, certainly without any of, the guys playing without yeah, Nerlens, Angel yeah. Leal, and even Rashawn. Yep. It's t- I mean, Jeremy Grant is the only guy on the team that can block shots. And I, I guess Elton, but he can't jump anymore. No. But, I mean, it's just, it's so hard to be like, yo, we drafted three straight big men, and they're all out right now. Yeah, yep. So so we got, we got Carl Landry suiting up for you. How's that feel? And so that's why it feels like sometimes when you're upset and you're frustrated about things, you sort of take a step back and be like, outside of the not terrible lottery luck, but like not good lottery luck, because uh, th- landing at three isn't the worst case scenario each year. It's just kind of like, okay, that's fine. Um, they've also been snake bitten by a tremendous amount of injuries and misfortune so and they're also being you know as we've said forever incredibly patient with injuries because they don't care about winning right now which is admirable but it also lends itself to carl landry playing center right so and and by the way his backup being elton brand i mean think about that just for a second our, it's great the youngest team theoretically in the nba the, the one without any veterans their starting center is Carl Landry, and the backup center is Elton Brand. Just think yeah. about that for a moment in 2016. So, and I, you know, with all of the injuries and the patience and whatever, I agree. It's just in context from everything leading up to it. It's just they are really 
bad right now. And even when yeah. they go on a run, even when they they went on a run and tied it and took the lead, I I don't know. I just didn't. I never think they have any chance of winning right now. Yeah, uh, I tweeted about it last night. Um, but at what point is Brett going to try something different at the end of, at the end of a game? I think not this season because it's over. But it seems like you know we don't have to get into how much I like or you or how much we like or dislike Isaiah Cannon. But the idea of Ish and Isaiah just like dribbling the air out of the ball at the ends of games and just hoping something happens, that's not working. And that feels like that's it. That's all they've been doing at all. So, and I would like to see some modicum of creativity at the end of a game because they've just done jack shit in the last five minutes for the whole season. And 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 here they are, it's just like okay, we got the we got the lead, and now we're gonna do the tried and true method of fucking it up. It just, I would like to see something different. I don't know if you got something, but try something else. Yeah, I think I agree. I, I I'm just, I guess I think a lot of things. I think first of all that when you get into the last five minutes of a game and both teams are trying their hardest and playing the most defense, that is when, I mean, when you have nine wins with five games left to go, it's not like your weaknesses haven't been exposed, but that in a particular game, in a particular situation, I feel like is when they get the most exposed for their inability to get shots. You know, here's Ish Smith, probably the best guy at getting to the basket, but really can't shoot. So, you know, and here's Isaiah Cannon, maybe or maybe not their, you know, at least arguably their best guy to get off a jump shot but not like good at it either and but when everything bunkers down i think maybe that the issue is the more that they do and they move the more that they move around the the more chance that somebody's going to screw it up because they're just so bad so i think i think he and maybe i'm wrong you know i i just it's so hard to yes next year let's see more but it's so hard to it's so hard to know because they are when you just say the names of their lineups at one time at any point now it's yeah it's you know you know how how are they even in the game i don't know you know the other team has a bunch of nba players and it seems yeah. like we don't yeah i don't yeah. know it was a nice i would th- like i would like the laundry to win one more game i don't yeah. care who's there yep. i don't care who they have to sign i just want them to win one more game bring baron davis up for the last 10 days i don't care let them win a game yeah, I was thinking about it this morning while I was walking Rebel. Do I even want them to win one? Because if you're bad, at least, I don't know, being the worst of all time is something. I don't know. No, at least you don't, story. don't want it. But you you're, want it. you're right. I don't want it because I just don't want this, – this three years has so many black marks on it. So many yeah. – and not according to us. There's fewer of them according to us because we're crazy. But there are black marks depending sure. on who you talk to. And I just don't want – the third and hopefully final year of this phase of it to have the ultimate. I don't more than anything. I don't care personally. I I don't want the players to have to live with it. I guess I players I, and I. I think I said I. I think that if they tie the worst record of all time, then they will feel the impetus to like do something, and that's when like irrational reactionary decisions start to happen whether that's firing hinky which would be wrong or just 
you know, cutting short somebody's development, whether it's, I don't know, Jeremy or Rashawn or whoever, just be like, we just got to get some older guys in here. Uh, I think there's going to, that's going to happen naturally and things are going to happen into the second phase that we're anticipating. But I think that if they, if they come out of this historically bad, then I think that they will, whether it's the owners or Colangelo or whoever is going to start really feeling the pressure to like put somebody's head on a spike. I, though I think there is a worry for other reasons that something that we don't want to happen will happen, whether it involves Hinky or the abandoning of the plan itself or whatever it is. I don't think, I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I think we're both guessing at this point anyway, but oh, I, yeah. I don't think whether or not they have nine wins is going to be the impetus it should. for it. Yeah, no, I hope not. Yeah. No one, I don't think anyone with any sort of rational sense will we'll look at the team and be like, well, if they had 10 wins, then it's, it's fine. But I think that it's just such an easy thing to point to and be like, worst team of all time. Yeah, can just saying, I, you yes, can I say agree. worst team of all time and then like they're – just be, and then things will trickle down from there. I just imagining all the hot takes this off season, and I think players coming in to the, I mean, you know, free agencies. If you're looking at like, oh, should I sign with, I don't know, the Bucks, or should I sign with the worst team of all time? Yeah, like I think it'll, I think it'll impact people, and I would just, just get to ten, just yeah. I'm like just begging to get to ten. I care. I know it doesn't matter. Because like the, they play the Pelicans, what, on Tuesday? Uh, yeah, so here's the the rest of the schedule. They play the Pelicans on Tuesday, the Knicks on Friday, the Bucks next Sunday, and then those are their road games. And then, and honestly, I don't think the away games, I mean, depending on what's going on with either team, I think then the, the two away games are Toronto and the Bulls, and both of their seasons could be... At least the oh, regular yeah. seasons could be wrapped could up. Could potentially be winnable. I'm not writing those off. Yeah. Uh, but that Pelicans game It's got to be the one. Yeah. Well, it matters because the of the Kings pick swap. So you're, yeah. hoping that, you're hoping that the Pelicans can overtake them, and it's close. So on the one hand, you're like, well, either outcome, I guess, is good news. Um, but I'm rooting for a win. Like, I just need a win. I, yeah. I know that, you know, the, the percentages matter and, you know, in three years, if we, if things happen the way it does, but I think we're on the precipice of something bad happening and one position in the lottery for the Kings pick swap matters less to me that right now than just getting that 10th win and escaping history. Yeah. I'll tell you two things in my, what is, uh, probably now weekly, uh, Jerry Colangelo stuff. First of all, I don't want that old buzzard to have something, uh, another piece of ammunition in his. Buzzard. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I don't want him to have another piece of ammunition in his anti-hinky uh, path. But the other thing, I'll tell you, the only part that would of going nine, uh, going nine and seventy-three that would be good would mean that their final. 31 games, they will have gone 1 and 30 with Ish Smith as opposed to the 1 and 30 without Ish Smith. And right. it's amazing how 
all of the well, Jerry came, he brought D'Antoni, they fixed the offense, he did the <laughs> right thing and traded for a point guard, and sure. blah 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 blah, and all the like those people seem to be quiet. The wow, look at what Jerry came in and did with one swift, you know, kick in the ass to get himself a point guard in here and get Mike D'Antoni. Like I don't hear very much about how Mike <laughs> D'Antoni fixed the offense anymore, right? I don't, I don't hear know. I don't hear much about that anymore. I don't know any of those people that said it outside of like some national people, and I think it's just you. You when you read like a mock draft, uh, it it varies based on who you read, if who's saying like Hinky will make this pick or right. Colangelo will make this pick. Right. Obviously, Andrew fucking Sharp is uh, says Colangelo yeah. uh, because he's a prick. But um, yeah, I think there's that. I think that's a good point. The people that I've heard talk, you know, when I talk about. Um, this I, I called it a frustration foul fire of Sam Hinky. Um, they're like, well, that's their point, and, and it's my point also because I'm not saying they should fire Hinky. I would never say that, but it, it's the sense of, hey, if Hinky came in in 2013 and said, here's my plan, I'm going to do this, we're going to get this. Hopefully, the the <coughs> three balls will fall in our favor one of these years, and we'll have the best chance to maximize you know, our best pick, whatever. And so, so the idea of firing him before he can see that through is wrong or is irrational or short-sighted, which I agree with. But I think there is also the sense of you can say, Hey, in three years, I'm going to do this, but also like try to cultivate something within those three years. Yeah. And if he does a poor job of cultivating it, which some can argue that he has, than that he shouldn't be able to see to see it through. I think, you know, things out of your control, the third pick, Embiid's injury, all that stuff, just how how the, how the cards have been dealt out, have pushed it forward, pushed pushed it back, Sarich, whatever. So I I personally don't think that you can judge him on this three year body of work because it's just everything. The idea of best player available or maximizing talent has all lent itself to being pushed into the future. So I I just don't think that you can judge him on this yet. I think you could theoretically if if he made these Doug McDermott-esque picks that like, oh, he just, dra- he just drafted the wrong guy. But I don't think there's many places you can point to and say, yo, he drafted the wrong guy here. I, I say Jaleel. Some people probably don't. Um, but I think for the on the whole, he's done a good a good job of drafting with an eye towards what's best for the future rather than right now. Well, and here's here's the problem with a, a lot of the uh, here's the problem with not allowing him to see it through is that you know there was inherent risk in taking Embiid whether we agree it was the right pick or the wrong pick there was inherent risk that the guy was never going to be healthy i agree with that there was inherent risk in taking not that there isn't risk in taking every other player ever sure like let's but there's more but yes, yeah you can yeah. there's levels there's more tangible risk there's more yeah. tangible risk at least on its surface that Dario Saric would not definitely would not come here for a couple of years and who knows maybe not come here forever that is more yeah. you know visible tangible risk but mm-hmm. i guess what i would say is that the the other thing and and i will say even if i go ahead and say that he made a mistake taking Julia Okafor, because i don't know for certain 
let's let that play out. Not him as a player, but let's see if he gets traded for something that we find more valuable. Maybe he was right about his value across the league. I don't think he was. Who knows what was involved in all that? He would not be the only good general manager to make a a pick that wasn't right at some point. You know, they all make picks that aren't the greatest picks in the world. But here's what I would say is that if you decide that that he has not done a good enough job up until this point and then and you can him and you go with you go whatever you do and then Joel Embiid ends up becoming like has a strong rookie season plays 60 games, you know, 25 minutes a game, 12 points, 7 rebounds, looks like what you wanted him to be. Dario Sarge comes over here and is, wow, this guy's at least an NBA player and it could be more. And you will have fired him before finding out, then then what kind of job did he do, you know? What, what kind of job did he do if Embiid is okay and Sarge comes over and can play? And that is the swing position of all of this, is, is what are those two guys, you know, because they can, they can change what seems like a bad job into a good job very, very quickly. And, and I, I'd, I'd also say that the, the three, three to four picks he'll have this year. Right. If, if, if you let them stay. Part of me wants them to, I, I always want them to get the number one pick. You know, I, I don't want the, I was talking with Pat Gallen earlier this week and he was like, ah, I hope they get the number two pick so we don't have to make the decision and be wrong. You know, you, you hear a lot of people say that if there's sure. two guys they might, but I, I, part of me wants them to get the number one pick to have Colangelo want one guy, to have Hinky want the other guy. Okay. And let's just, throw down and figure this out this offseason. Let's just, instead of dicking around with who has what call on what, let's just everyone throw their cards on the table and put the baby in front of King Solomon. And you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and let Josh decide whether he's going to cut the baby in half or he's going to give the baby to one of these two people. Because I, I, I don't know how long I can live with the unsuredness of who the hell is is doing what in this ridiculous scenario. So who's, who's the baby in this metaphor? Uh, well, wouldn't, uh, the Sixers be the baby, right? Are the Sixers the baby or is Brandon Ingram and Ben Simmons the baby? No, I think, I don't know. I think there's, I think there's more of a theoretical baby in this. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I like, I like the biblical reference. I feel good about it. All right. Let's talk about last night's Nova game at all. I mean, one second. I do want to say that for there it feels like a sharp turn for me in the last three years because if Doug Collins was still here coaching this team to like his 150% win every game and they were still at the risk of losing the most games of all time, I would be rooting so hard for them to lose every game. Yes, of course you would. It would, be, it would feel so good and right. And now, <laughs> years later, it's not the case. And I'm just dying for them to not get the record. But if Doug was here, God, that would feel terrific. Yeah. Yeah, what? What do you think? Let's just throw this out there. Same team. I didn't even have this on the list. Same team, same players. Brad Stevens is coaching the Sixers this year. How many games do they win? Um, all the same injuries have happened. Yeah, every, everything is exactly the same. Nine. Really? They're yeah. no, they're no better. I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't. I only pretend to know the answer. So I don't know. I, I think they, you know, he seems like a nice guy. People seem to like him, but I think it takes a special kind of person to be able to get through not only this season, but three seasons of this. Yeah. And 
keep your head up and keep the locker room intact. And I think that under any other coach, not that Brad's a bad coach or a bad players coach, whatever, uh, I think they're everything went really, really good for Brett just in terms of managing people. And even though maybe someone else is a better X's and O's coach than him, whatever, uh, I think personnel-wise, the way this season has, sh- has shook out, I think that you're winning, you're winning nine games. I mean, maybe the ball bounces a different way, but I think it's the same, same general thing. He's got an adorable accent, too. Brett yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right, so I watched the game last night. Congrats. And- Two things, I thank you. Two things I took from that. The first thing was was that Villanova played one of the best college games I think I've ever seen any team yeah. play. Yes. And there was a Syracuse Josh Hart at one point, wasn't there? That may have gotten drafted. Wasn't there a Josh I Hart? I believe it was Jason Hart, Syracuse. Oh, uh, right. Or something like that. So it that might guy, have been Josh. Maybe it is. Hold on a second. That yeah, guy, Jason Hart. That guy, when he was shooting, was almost doing the. He was. TJ McConnell from 12 feet, wherever he yeah. shot it from. It was, yeah. I mean, and and here's the other thing I took from it. And I couldn't tell, is that Buddy Heald, I mean, look, I haven't watched much of that guy. But Let's talk. He couldn't get his own shot. And I don't yeah. care how good defensively, when they have that, uh, what's the, the, like the 6'10 guy on Villanova? Um, Daniel Echefu. Echefu. So he's guarding him on the perimeter. And yeah. Buddy Heald couldn't, didn't even, not just couldn't get by him, but but gave up rather quickly. And I saw him give up rather quickly on the perimeter a bunch of times. And I know they were focusing their defense on him, but even one on one, the guy had trouble getting his own shot. And these are against guys that are not going to be NBA players. So that would be anyone who was, you know, Buddy Heald, blah 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 blah. Like that guy might be a, a good NBA player, but yeah. If he's already a senior and he can't get his own shot, I don't know. There's there's something to be said for that. I think. Yeah, there's a lot working against Buddy. What works for him is how good his work ethic is. He right. has gotten better every year. He says all the right things. Like he seems like a guy that will continue improving, and he has, to a biggest a big extent, quelled some of those concerns coming into this year because really he was just a pretty good shooter coming into this year. Yep. And not only has he become an elite shooter. But he's also become a pretty good ball handler, or at least better than he was. Passable. Uh, and I think, you, I think you saw that there was one play last night before the game got out of hand when uh, he got doubled and he sort of split the double team and like really patiently, comfortably like went up with the opposite hand yep. and like like backwards English. It was great. It was a great play, and it was like a, a, a very clear improvement on over the course of the season and last season of just how how he's gotten better and made himself a fuller basketball player. That being said, he's 22 years old. He's playing against guys who are not are fringe NBA players at best. And uh, yeah, Oklahoma all year really, and I think that they don't get enough credit for this, really always worked together as a team. It was never Buddy Heald hero ball. It was always like him getting shots within the flow of the offense and occasionally doing that step back to his left jumper uh that he was so good at hitting and that at nova just like wouldn't let him hit um look he's a really good shooter i don't know if, if he's as good as he's been shooting this year but he's a really good shooter and i think he'll be a pretty good nba player and if he keeps getting better he, he could get better than that but honestly to take to take him higher than i wouldn't take him higher than like eight or nine 
Other people are talking about him at like four or five. Some people are talking about him. Why not him at one? It's crazy. You can't overreact to a senior playing college basketball well. I mean, I wouldn't say you can't look at this game and say, oh, well, clearly he can't do it. And you can't look at the other games he was playing against whoever and being like, he's the best player in the draft. It's got to be somewhere in the middle. And you just look at all the factors. And I think that average two-guard size, not great athleticism, not super quick, okay handles, and a really good jump shot for one year, I think that that's a risky pick at anywhere before. Like I would, I would take him with if you. I wouldn't. I would take. He's like going to be like ninth or tenth on my board. Let's put it this way: you don't, you don't have, you don't win nine games one year, and and want to come away with that. Come away with Buddy Heald as your prize for winning nine games that year or ten games. That I mean, would, that would be if everything goes wrong and the Sixers wind up with the fo- only the fourth pick. Then, and they get and they draft Buddy Hill. Then that's I think that's like uh, almost giving up. <laughs> I think that's almost just like oh, okay, we'll we'll take this guy and he'll be better. He'll be pretty good right away shooting, but I I don't know that that he's anything on he's any close to the first or second best player on like a first division team. Well, and let's let's put it here's the the only other thing I'd say is that I've seen. Sh- so many guys that are supposed to be lesser than him as seniors in the end, like being able to say, okay, uh, we're going to win or lose, but we're going to do it on me. And I'm going to, I'm going to get this shot every time. And he couldn't even, he, he's not even that guy, you know, he's a very specific, it seems like kind of player at this point. So, um, yeah, I mean, he could, if the, if the shot is legit and you're right, looking at his, Previous to this year, this is the first year that he's really shot it like that. If yeah. the, if the shot is legit, and it might not be, rem, remember we had we had like an outlier Iggy year as a three point shooter one year for the Sixers where he shot forty percent. There yeah. are, there are years you can have an outlier season as a shooter right. that that don't. So I don't know, but that, that just, was what just I for the about. just for the future, you can say forty percent, or you can just say Hollis Thompson. If either way, right. you, it acquires the same. Sense of it. By the way, how many upper respiratory infections has that guy had? I don't this know. That's well, obs- I'm worried about him. It seems like a lot, right? Yeah, it's the third, I think. And then he had that mystery illness where he lost 20 pounds last year. Do you remember yeah. that one? Yeah. yeah, that affected his shot. <laughs> All right, let's talk about our sponsor, LL. Oh, do you have anything else to say about the tournament or about the games last night? I didn't watch. UNC Syracuse. I, just, I kept checking in on the score because it meant, at least locally for me. I'm not a big alumni guy, but if it was Syracuse against Villanova, I would have to cheer for Syracuse. This way, I can just be happy that Villanova wins and be in the clear. That was the that would have, I was keeping on. Villanova-Syracuse would have torn my family apart. That oh, would really? Been, yeah. Um, but Syracuse just isn't... I mean, they played great over the course of the tournament, but ultimately, they ran up against a team that was hitting shots and that once you stretch out that zone a little bit, they can a smart team can just get layups on the zone if if the guys in the corners are like inching up to try to get traps. And UNC is just a pretty disciplined team, and they're so deep and they're so big. And if you're not boxing them out, then they're just getting rebounds and, and getting second chances and just gutting you. Uh, in terms of pro prospects, I like uh, Gabinaje on Syracuse, um, the point guard, like six five, 
You know what I'm talking about? No. Not really. No. He's, I don't a, know he's like a, on any of those teams. He's an athletic point guard. He can shoot a little bit. He's smart. He can play some defense. He's. I, I would be happy with him in the second round. He's a guy. He's older. He's like 22 or 23. But you know, if we're uh, if we're talking second round, I, I'd take him. I'd be interested to see if Malachi Richardson goes out. He's a freshman. He's got some potential. He's got a good shot. I don't know how athletic he is really. Um, and you won't be able to see how he plays on defense until he gets out of that zone. Um, there's some there's some okay players on Syracuse. Roberson, I, I think I'd be interested in seeing. And UNC, UNC Noah's gonna be a good game. It's it's the game that I think that you know you want to see. It seems like other teams have been. I think you could have said the same thing about Oklahoma UNC, but Nova UNC is very interesting because they're sort of opposites of each other and and the same way I worry about the bigs against uh against Syracuse I worry about them against Nova because outside of Ochefu Nova's really thin up front and uh and UNC has like 3 7 footers that can come in and just rebound the hell out of the ball so it's going to be a good game if Nova's if Nova keeps hitting shots the way they've been hitting shots all tournament they're going to win but uh UNC works works the ball around really well, and they they play good basketball. It's gonna be a good game. I'm yeah, excited. yeah. The, the way they hit shots doesn't seem possible. Actually, they, they they're not. It's yeah. not. They're not taking many contested shots. There was a couple last night that took where it's like, oh, everything's just going in. But they're taking good looks and getting like good. They're cutting a lot. They're they're moving the ball around. It's it's a fun brand of basketball. It's not like boring take time dump offs. It's yeah. they're they're playing incredibly. I'm really happy for him. Let's talk about our sponsor, the number one draft pick in our hearts. That is LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Of course, it's 707 Walnut in Philadelphia. LLPavorsky.com. On Twitter, at LL Pavorsky. Look, Lee is going to be at the lottery party. There's, always a, there's always a look. Look, let me, let me break this down for you. <laughs> you can't find another, another jeweler in Philadelphia that even knows what the lottery party is much less decide to be there and have his own section. Lee's going to have his own table full of VIPs for customers where he's going to, you know, take care of food and drinks. You know, people who have bought engagement rings from L.L. Pavorsky. By the way, nine, nine or ten, uh, writes Ricky Sanchez listeners have gone to Lee. They do that because he's a truster of the process, because he's a weirdo like us, because he is no pressure. He is a jewelry store that you're going to walk in there. You're going to want to hang out with L.L not just buy your jewelry from him. Let me talk about the prizes he's going to give away at the lottery party. First of all, the first 250 people that go up to LL's table and say hi to LL, you're going to get a gift bag that includes a $100 gift certificate to LL Pavorsky Jewelers. That's just for the first 250 people, Mike. Did you, do you hear me? I hear you. Then we're going to give away prizes. You know, you got to register at the LL Pavorsky table. It's going to give away a $250 gift card to LL Pavorsky Jewelers. He's going to give away a 36-inch pearl necklace with a retail value of $525 at the lottery party. He's going to give away a pair of diamond stud earrings, one full carat, Mike, with a retail value of $1,595. And you and I know every woman needs a pair of diamond stud earrings. It's a staple. And the grand prize, the first ever and likely last ever diamond TTP ring. That's right. A ring that says TTP on it, all in diamonds, with a retail value of $2,500 and above. And if the Sixers get the number one pick, there's going to be a bonus prize given away 
this is the kind of the kind of guy that you're going to go to as a jeweler is the kind of guy that's going to design on his own a TTP diamond ring. Insane. Have you Insane. seen Have you seen the specs? Have you looked at it? Or no? No, no, no. There are no. There are no. no as soon as there is an artist rendering, I will put it on the internet. You okay. can You can be sure of that. I'm sure. This is the sort of thing that gets on blogs, you know, that Deadspin makes fun of us for. It will be the TTP ring. So Great. be the winner of that ring. So uh, like I said, you can contact Lee, 215-627-2252, store is 707walnutllpavorsky.com, and is the official jeweler of the Ricky. He makes generous donations to the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley and Rain for every podcast. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Pressure might make diamonds, but there's no pressure when it comes to buying an engagement ring with Et Lee Pavorsky. Oh, I like that one. That's a yeah. good one. You're doing real like, ones now. Yeah. So yeah, I mix them up. Yeah. And then I go back to weird neck. And mix it up. I don't know what to say about the article that Tom Moore wrote about Sam Hinkie in high school. Other <laughs> than that, there are a lot of interesting facts. Sam Hinkie, two-year starter at defensive back for his football team. Starting yeah, I think point that guard. I thought that was Known, I thought I, both both of the football and the starting point guard thing were known. I think I knew the starting point guard <clears throat> thing, but I don't think I knew the football thing, and I certainly didn't know. Look, I've never done a squat with weights in my life; it would break my back in half. But really? five hundred pounds seems like a lot. Five hundred's a lot, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think average, you know, average fit men will put up like uh, like two hundred or so. Okay. And 500 means like you're a serious weightlifting dude. And I've never seen Sam Hinkie in shorts. So I didn't think that his <laughs> thighs and butt region were that – I just didn't think about him. You know, that's my fault. You thought, I should a, have thought of, you thought he was a beach muscles kind of guy, right? Maybe yeah, just I, jacked up upper region. Glamour muscles, that kind yeah. of thing. I, I just didn't know that he was what he was packing down there. I think it's – Sam Hinkie's job, not only to talk to the media, but also show the media his body. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was a cool, it's, he, he seemed just like an athletic version of Sam Hinkie in high school, you know, watching yeah. tons of game tape and studying and all that kind of shit. I don't know, it was just cool to break out for the people that say he's a, you know, that I would say of the people that accuse him of being a calculator, mom's basement nerd. He had more high school athletic success than ninety eight percent of those people, I would guess. So. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. So I wonder, I wonder. I wonder what a game between Hinky and uh, Scott O'Neill would look like. Ooh, one on one. Yeah, I would love to see that. Do you think it's ever it. happened? Ooh, like Hinky's like the Michael Jordan of executives. Like he's like has to play all the people that work for him. Or maybe it's like the end of Rocky. Yes. Three, right? Where Apollo yeah. and Rocky do the uh -huh. private one that no one watches. Maybe that's yeah, what yeah. it's like. I think we got to get tickets to that. I that would exists. love to. See if Sam, if you or Scott O'Neill are listening to this, and we could arrange a private, here's what I would say. I won't. I would agree. To not reveal what happened, but I would have to be able to reveal that I saw it. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'd fly in. That'd be huge. People would love it. Quick, before we get to Twitter questions, quick Zach Lowe thing. I was listening to his podcast with Howard Beck, who wrote that article about LeBron and Carmelo Anthony. And at the end, they were firing off questions. And one of Zach Lowe's questions was, who, would, who will be third place 
for your rookie of the year voting if Towns is one and Porzingis is two. And they got to, um, they were mentioning the all-rookie team, and Zach Lowe said the following, and I transcribed it word for word, and I'm just going to leave it out there. Okafor may not make first team all-rookie. It's going to be close. He's going to finish with 53 games played. His numbers, other than points per game and his field goal percentage is okay, are historically atrocious. His defense is historically atrocious. His off-court behavior was not great, and we've had a couple of these other rookies have big late-season surges, and that was it. And I thought about it, and it, there is, I guess there is a chance, depending on what guards sneak into the, the uh, minds of voters, that he may not make first-team all-rookie. Now, I don't think first-team all-rookie is position-determined. I think it can be five guys, right? But I, I guess it's possible. I think so. I don't think they'd have five guards, but you right. know, they won't have that because of uh, Porzingis and Towns anyway. Right, right, right. So there you go. So that was all. Um, do you want to do Twitter questions? Do you have anything else? I don't have anything else. aside from um, What else we got? The five games left. Yeah. I guess we'll talk about we'll talk about those. When, when, yeah. I'm sure some questions will come in. Yeah. Uh, all right. This is from Sean Esty23. Would you trade the Lakers pick for Dante Exum? The Lakers pick for Dante Exum. Right. Huh. Um, that's an interesting question. And I would say probably not right now because Exum is, it, Exum is like in the same place that Embiid is, kind of. And you're talking about Two years less before you got to pay him. If the Lakers pick doesn't convey until next year, then there's all these sorts of guys that you start to like. I would say fifty-one forty-nine. I wouldn't. Would I have you? I have neutral feelings on Exum because I yeah. I just I just I don't think you know yet. I yeah. don't think you know anything. Yeah, and now now he just tore his ACL, right? That was all that happened. I thought, or no, I was believe. it more than that? So. I so I'm not too concerned about the injury. I just like here's another point guard that can't shoot. I guess so. I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I don't. Um, hmm. I probably. I don't know. I'd be right there with you. Maybe if you if you put a gun to my head, I would give it a try because he seems like a better prospect than you would get at four or five this year, which is what it would be if we got the Lakers pick. But I don't know. Uh -huh. Maybe. Can I can I for a second? Go back to the Jaleel Okafor thing. Yeah. Look at Chris Asperzingis' numbers. I don't think Okafor's been great, and he's certainly bad on defense. But Porzingis is shooting 42% from the field. Mm -hmm. For all his – for everybody hailing him as this big three-point threat, he's shooting 33% from deep. Right. He's averaging 14-7 and seven in – um, and with one minute less per game than Jaleel is averaging seventeen and a half and seven, I don't. I'm not going to say that Chris Tapps, that Jaleel is going to be the better player because I've always thought Chris Tapps is a better player. But to look at those guys and be like, well, Chris Tapps is clearly on the team and Jaleel's not. Jaleel's been the better offensive player, and he doesn't have to play with. He doesn't get to play with Carmelo Anthony to take up all this kind of space and time. I I just think that you look if you look at those guys. And you don't like consider context, then I think you're doing them both a disservice because Chris Tapps is better because of the team he's playing for, and Jaleel is worse because of the team he's playing for. 
Uh, yeah, the only thing I guess I would argue is that Jaleel probably gets more opportunities to show the one thing he's good at because of the team that he's on. He gets yeah. it's more, but I, I I would agree. I think both. I think fans of both guys overrate both guys. I think. I think uh, Porzingis. I was even saying this earlier in the year as a guy who does not like Okafor's game at all. I was saying I would I would agree with you that the context of Porzingis is is difficult. Even though I would a hundred times out of a hundred take Porzingis moving forward than Okafor. Yes. I, I do agree that their rookie seasons that Porzingis's highs have been. Have been uh, have been highlighted at an unfair rate. Yeah, compared it's to fucking Oakland. New York. Yeah, but I think you look at Jaleel and it's like, I, I think they are even in terms of rookie seasons. I think they are absolutely even. And to say that Kristaps is clearly in it and Jaleel's had this historically bad season in all these other ways, I think is is just wrong. From uh, Bill Wolf, when we win the championship next year, which process era Sixers from the T-shirt get a ring? I say all of them. That would be my response. Yeah, yeah, all of them. We'll have them back like it's the like it's the Phillies 2008 parade, and like Mike Schmidt came back out. Yeah, it'll be that, but for Adonis Thomas. From Dario Mikhailov, um, as of right now, which current jersey could I safely buy that I could wear next year? None would be my response. Oof. Zero. I w- I am confident about zero Sixers being on the team next year. Honestly, I'm gonna say. I'll give you two. Two guys that I feel confident being on the team next year. Well, Embiid will be on the team. Whether he's injured or healthy, he'll be on the team. Yeah, so I'm, ex- I'm excluding Embiid. Okay. Jeremy Grant. Okay. TJ McConnell. Those are the guys that I am 100% positive will be on the team next year. Everybody else, I couldn't tell you. I could see Grant winding up in a package somewhere. No way. No way. Brett wouldn't let it happen. All right, from... He hit... He hit He's hitting threes lately. He's taking yeah, them. Yeah. yeah, he's taking them. He hit, he hit three last night. He's taking them for sure. Three! All right. Uh, this is from – I don't want to spend too long on one question because I want to get to everyone's question. All right, all right, all right. All right. right. From Don's, would Spike trade Ja for the Nets pick straight up right now? Now, I know before I said no because I think Okafor is probably worth more than the Nets pick. But just to stop talking about Okafor, I probably would. Would you? The Nets pick this year? Yeah. Unprotected. It's just, it's just tough because last year was a better class. And yeah, I, th- I, think, I just would have drafted someone else. That's <laughs> really what I would have done. I think your increased chance of getting number one is almost worth it. Okay, yes. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Then yes, I would. Uh, from Sid Vicious. And by the way, this guy is the biggest fan of the Jigsaw. His his response once was pretty hilarious. When I asked you the one about having a tail or I forget what the other option was, he was like, shitty Jigsaw, I would want both of those things. And I was like, okay, <laughs> he would want a tail. Why is Spike so salty about Okafer being awesome? It's like looking a gift horse in the mouth. What's his problem? I don't know. I've been this uh, way yeah. since before they took him. And I'm going to continue to be this way. From yeah, from Mikey O'Hagan, who wins at WrestleMania tonight, Shane O'Mac or The Undertaker? Ooh. I say The Undertaker only because I don't think they're going to have The Undertaker lose twice at WrestleMania. Um, maybe, but never count on a McMahon. I'm going, I, to go with, I'm going to go with Shane. You know, I'll tell you, I, I was really excited when I saw that Shane returned. I don't – I never watch – I rarely watch Raw, 
my wife and I used to watch it all the time, and we rarely watch it now. But when I saw that Shane O'Mac came back, we went and watched it. And the idea of Shane coming back, which I was 10 out of 10 on, the execution of it was pretty boring. I thought the I thought his return was more boring than I expected it to be. Mm. I still know his theme song. Here comes the money. From uh, from the star of the Max Rappaport Complex article, uh, Legs, should the Sixers use the Heat Thunder picks to move up into the teens or just hold both? I'll hang up and listen. Uh, my answer would be if there's somebody they really want in the teens, yeah, go ahead and do it. I don't know. I'm saying absolutely move up. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely move up. And then, and then <clears throat> if you can – yeah, like I don't know who would do that really. And then try to like buy a second round pick because I think the second round is good and I'd like to get back in there. Um, absolutely move up if if you can move. It's going to be like twenty seven and let's say hope twenty two. If you can move up to like seventeen, sixteen, I would do that. From trust the dynasty, will Jeremy Grant be able to consistently make that corner three? Last night, three for six. I'm going to say yes. Uh, I'm optimistic. I'd say yes. Why not? It seems like everyone can, if if you're allowed enough time to figure it out, everyone is able, except for Evan Turner, is able to hit that shot. Yeah. Carl Landry hitting shots last night from Yo, outside. That first quarter was bananas. <laughs> well, both the threes were on purpose threes. They weren't shot clock running out threes. They were mm-hmm. like, I'm open and I'm taking this shot threes. There's mm-hmm. no arc on his threes, but he had 18 or 14 in the first quarter. It was unreal. Yeah. From Brett Schiller, who is definitely in and definitely out and on the bubble for current. This feels like a whole podcast um, of the roster for next year. I guess definitely in – well, it's hard. I don't know because of trades and stuff. Do you want to go through it? Um, yeah. Why don't we go through it? Do you have the All roster right. up in front of you? I do. Okay. Nerlens. In. Well, definitely in. If, you, if, if my only three choices are definitely in, definitely out, and on the bubble, I'll say definitely in. Um, I'll say on the bubble. I think I'm, All the big men I'm going to say are on the bubble. Okay. That's fair. Isaiah Cannon. Uh, on the bubble. Out. Okay. Landry. On the bubble, actually. I think definitely in because no one's going to take him. Yeah. I think you could trade him at next year's deadline, but I don't think anybody's taking him this offseason. Okay. Hollis. On the Hollis, bubble. Who is, Hollis, who is leading the team in minutes played this year. On the bubble. Definitely in. Okay. Stauskas. Um, oof. I'd actually lean definitely in because I don't know what else you're doing with him. He's, his money is guaranteed next year. so Yeah, I agree definitely. And, and I think that he's just a guy you got to give a little time to. I think you see, you see flashes. I really think you see flashes of what he could be as, as, like, a, as like a distributor and a shooter. And if, if he can keep improving the ball handling and, and play better defense, then I think that and again, obviously, keep improving the shot because it still seems like he's from from NBA three point land. It seems like he's still like hurting himself to shoot that. He seems a little not strong enough to hit that consistently. You know? Yeah, I, I would say he's not worth anything in a trade. He's not worth you have. He's worth more to you to see if he might be good than dumping exactly. him in a trade somewhere. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Embiid, uh, definitely in on the bubble. Every, all the big men. I'm not trusting anybody. Okay. Jeremy. Definitely in. Definitely in, for sure. Uh, Covington. Uh, on the bubble because I think he has trade value. 
I would say the same thing, but I think because – and I, to the point that I, I'm curious as to what they're doing with him. Aren't yeah. you? Like they're not starting him that much. Yeah. I, they're I, not – like I, I just wonder what what the thought process is with him because he, to me he seems like one of their most important players. And he gets plenty of minutes, but it seems like they're not running as many plays for him anymore. It's just I'm I'm curious as to just how that whole, that whole thing is shaking out. Maybe he's not being a good soldier in the locker room, and Brett's being giving him something. I I don't know. I'm I think there's weird stuff going on there. What do you think? I think Brett's always been sort of lukewarm on him. There must be something that we don't see. You know, I think the he's always been tougher on him, quicker. I think that the his up and down play this year has been more because of how bad the team's been and his injuries than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a perfect four. If Embiid or no, uh, maybe not Noel, but he seems like a perfect four next to Embiid to me, you know, or a depending on the lineup. But I, I, um, uh, I don't think he's look his his contract isn't guaranteed next year. I don't think there's any way he's not on a NBA. I don't think there's any way they just decline the option or something. Yeah. So so he's either traded or he's on a team. That would mm-hmm. be my that's my thought on Covington. Maybe he's just not in, doesn't keep himself in good enough shape. I yeah, could see him. He doesn't get up and down the court enough. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's had. He he was a guy that I was hoping to take a, a leap this year and didn't. But progress is never is rarely as as you know um, as what's linear. It linear. Yeah. So maybe he's just. I just. I I find it hard to believe he wouldn't be on the team. Yeah. Uh, Jaleel. On the bubble. On the bubble. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Rashawn, who I really want to see play. I really would like to see him play for the last couple of games. Because he, if he's healthy, he's starting and playing 30 minutes. And right now he's not healthy enough. So he's seeding minutes and time to Landry and Brand. I think he could be a roster casualty. So I think he could be on the bubble. But I would lean like v- right in between definitely in and on the bubble. Yeah, it seems like if Embiid is healthy... And then you add Nerlens and Jaleel if they're still here. Like, what do you do with Rashawn? How do you get him minutes? How do you do anything? So I think I could see him being a roster casualty of like a quick trade. Be like, hey, this guy's good, but we don't have space for him in the rotation. Right. Which which would be a shame because I I think he has – he honestly I think has the potential to be better than both Jaleel and Nerlens. He's got a – Ooh, I don't think so. But yeah. oh well. But he'd be a great sixer for two years ago. Honestly, he would have been better to have more years to have them have roster spots than next mm-hmm. year. You know. Yeah. Um, TJ. Uh, I think I would say definitely in. That's right. Yeah. Definitely in. He's the best player on the team. Right. Now. I, I honestly, I know that you know Ish can get to the basket better, and also. You know, can hit that like step back shot that he takes all the time, but and TJ and TJ also turns the ball over a lot. Like that's for sure what he does. But it seems like he also like works his teammates better and finds them in better places. Yeah, I think Ish sort of checked out 15 games ago. It almost yeah. seems like you know. Yeah, I would give TJ some some more run at the ends of games because, like I said, what's happening is not working. There almost has to be a there's there's two ages you can be on the Sixers and that's either really young or really old but yeah. you you can't be 28 you know yeah. because you're just going to it's going to drive you nuts and I think that's yes. what happened to Ish. 
I get that. Okay, so we're back. We're in the run of point guards. So Kendall Marshall. Definitely out. I could see him sneaking in just because his contract is so friendly. But that's that's if other guys go. So I think... Uh, you have to pick one. I'm going to say on the bubble. Okay. Because, just because of the friendly contract. Um, Ish Smith. I would say definitely out. Really? Yeah. I, I like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to, he doesn't seem like he's going to settle for a bad guy. People were saying, yeah, with the cap going up and blah, 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 blah. Eh, I don't, I, I wouldn't be mad if he was back, but I don't think he's going to be back. I'm going to say on the bubble, okay. leaning towards he'll be here. Okay. I think that'll be like, uh, I think, I think they will keep him here. As if, like, hey, it can't hurt, and, like, the fans love him, and we want him because the fans. And I think that they're wrong in that. Okay. Uh, Elton Brand? Definitely out. Is he, is he for sure going to be out? What if he thinks he's got another year in him? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think he even wanted to play this year. So, no, I think definitely out. Okay. Uh, I'll agree with you. And then the most important roster spot on the team, Christian Wood. Oh, Jesus. Definitely out. Brett does not like Christian Wood. I'll, no. I'll, yeah. No, he's really bad. I want one good Christian Wood game. Yeah. I want one where he just like goes off. That would be very cool if he's just hitting everything, because he can do that against bad teams. He's just not hitting any of his shots, and he looks lost and crazy. All right, let's uh, fly through the rest of these questions. There's a lot of them here. Okay. From RB, why do I stay up till two or three a.m. to watch the Sixers? It's because you're one of us. You're one of us, and we're all. Together and alone at the same time. From Adam Goldman, if Hinkie were to be fired, couldn't you point to the 2015 draft as more of a reason than their record this year? Absolutely. He didn't draft a bust. No, I mean, he didn't. It's not like he drafted Darko Milicic. I don't think you could point to the 2015 draft as a reason to fire the guy at all. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 Jaleel, Rashawn, and Tokido. And then you could add, like, TJ to that in terms of undrafted and a couple other guys. And then I think you have to add the Stauskas trade because that was like sort of part of the draft. And so all that stuff I think is, I don't think you look at that and say it's wrong. No. From Bleeding Green Nation Radio, John Barchard, do we cheer even harder when we see Vlade on the big screen this year? And the answer (laughs) to that is yes. Standing ovation. (laughs) <laughs> he got extended. Did you see? Uh, yes, he did for three years or something, right? Something crazy. So good. That I like that they're just like, okay, people are upset with how we're not. There's no continuity, so we're just gonna extend our guys and continuity. And yep. Like, no. Even the worst guy. Yeah. So right. good. From PJ Raduda, this is a really good question. If you had a beer with Hinky and he agreed to tell you anything off the record, what are the top three questions you would ask? Whew. Well, I would want to know, let's see, if they got the first pick, would they have taken Embiid over Wiggins? Uh-huh. I would want to know what he really thinks of Jerry Colangelo. Yep. Honest to the to the core. Mm-hmm. And I would want to know if he wanted to take Kristaps Porzingis or anybody but Jaleel Okafor. Yeah. Those are my three. Those probably would be my three as well. But I'll add something like Honestly, <laughs> do you think that this has been – like, do you regret Anything. stuff? Yeah. Like, what – really, really, what are you regretting? What do you wish was different? 
or do you think that this is pretty much how you described it would go, you know, with obviously some randomness when you, uh, when you pitched this idea in the interview back in 2013? Uh, from DFB, can we make Air Stauskas a thing? I think you just did, buddy. I think you just did. That's the thing is he's – there was a really bad Archidiacono quote about yeah. how oh, nobody, yeah. nobody likes the white guy, which you don't say. I think it's sort of true that the white yes. guy the, – the shooty white guy is an easy guy to make fun of. Yes. And people assume that they're not athletic. Um, people really like the, the end of the bench white guy sarcastically. But they, sure. don't, they, they like the uh, – what's the guy that used to be on the Celtics? The um, – that now is their announcer. Uh, redheaded guy. Oh, Scalabrini. Yeah, they love Scalabrini, but they don't like Redick. You know, those are the yeah. yeah. That's um, so you don't say it. Yeah, but, right. uh, but it's true. Yeah. But there's like Stauskas can jump. Like he's always been able to jump, and he's an athletic. He's not like crazy athletic, but he's got like average NBA athleticism, and so that comes with cramming on Miles Turner. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. From Kevin, did you see Shaq's comments this week about the lottery, how the NBA won't let the Sixers win the top pick? I don't think that is possible at all. I didn't see it, and I will continue to not see it. From Dapst Blue Ribbon, who should be the lottery rep this year? Uh, us. I, yeah, us. us or Jakar Sampson, I think, are the two people. Oh, that'd be cute. People. Honestly, me and you, though, seriously. Yeah, wouldn't it's, that be amazing? Nobody deserves it more than us. Yes. Yeah, We're, can you imagine the, how the lottery party reacts when they when they go to us, you know, <laughs> on this the big screen as the reps? Wait, if we were the lottery party reps, would the lottery party still happen? Yes, of course it would have to happen. Yes, it absolutely. Would be just like Val and Alyssa running it. Yes, yeah, we it, it it'd be like a will, right? And I think I would will to them. Okay, great. From Drew Lang, assuming they are generally considered the best player available, what is your reaction to the Sixers drafting another seven-footer in the draft? I would jump off a roof. <laughs> I would, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm done. I'm done with the seven-footers. I don't. Uh, even though the guy's name is Dragon, which is pretty awesome, I would. I, I don't think I could handle it. Well, he's at least not a center. Yeah, but still, a seven-footer, no way. Get me out of here. You're no. just out. Yes. Totally out. Done. If Carl Towns was in this draft, you wouldn't want him. I'd blow my brains out. If, I, <laughs> if it, I will say only if it's accompanied by a trade, like a, a trade okay. for another. Right. Okay. I guess I'd be fine with that. Yeah. In the doomsday from Don's, in the doomsday scenario where we land the third or fourth pick only, who do you want? Uh, I don't care. I don't know any of those guys. So I have I have Bender there, and I like uh, I like Chris Dunn. Um, I think if you get, I think it depends if we, okay, so this is if we only get yeah that one, mm-hmm. um, God, it's a tough call. Yeah. I like, uh, <coughs> I like better. I would probably honestly be very happy with, uh, the French guy, Luawu. He's, oh yeah. You like him. He's so good. He's got, he's got everything that I want in a person. So for me, it's like. Let's just let's just draft him and hope that he can pull it all together because he's athletic, he can defend, he can shoot, he's got to improve his handle. But I think he has as much potential as anybody outside of the top two in this draft. So if it's if it's it's either Dunn or Luawu for me, I think. All right, for from Justin, do you think there's a chance we try and trade for Jimmy Butler? What do you think it would take, and what would you do it? I don't think the Bulls are going to trade Jimmy Butler, so I don't. I wouldn't even. 
you know, there's a lot of rumors about that, but they don't have another guy that they can sort of focus everything around. I just think it's, I don't know. I, you know, I don't you think know who I'm looking at, honestly. Who? I don't think it's Butler either. I agree with you. Yeah. Because uh, I think they'll hold on to him. John Wall. I think John Wall's a sixer next year. <laughs> I think I think he's sick of Washington, and Washington just needs to blow it up. I think we trade like Jaleel and like the Lakers pick or and our whatever, whatever it takes, like two to three assets to get John Wall out of there. I would trade that, I would trade anything for John Wall. I would yeah. trade I would trade Jaleel, our pick this year, and the Lakers pick for John Wall, and I wouldn't think twice about it. That guy's a yeah. that guy's a man. You know what I mean? Like that guy is really good. I would take John yeah. Wall on this team in a second. Me too. I would do that trade. Happy this is from Tim. Happy birthday, Hollis. Today is Hollis's twenty fifth oh. birthday. How old is he? 25. Oh. Uh, Almost too old to be a sixer or not nope. old enough. <laughs> He's hitting the middle ground. Yeah. We are, uh, Tom Hogue had the same question, the third pick question. From Fake Philip the Intern, we talk about rushing this, se- this offseason. What would be some trades or signings that would be a rush move to you? I don't have any examples. I just have we would know it if we saw it. That's yeah, I, it. I agree with that. Um I think they're going to have to overpay for somebody. They're going to have to sell somebody on the culture here and the fact that it's not that bad and the practice facility and the the fan base that's like all that stuff. I think I think we're a selling point, weirdly enough. Um, but in terms of a guy that'd be bad, I think there's a couple, like, you know, there's a couple draft picks that would be like, oh, that's sort of whatever. Um I think it's just if they if they go out and sign like Ben Gordon or Ben Gordon adjacent like Dion Waiters like guys that are just like oh you're not it we know you're not it and you're going to cost too much money to even be worth our time that that is sort of like uh that feels that feels Jerry yeah but I- going out and signing Harrison Barnes or Camp Bazemore or making a John Wall trade, those kinds of things. I think where you're like, all right, we're going to take a risk on a on a youngish player and hope that he gets better. That I think would be in keeping with the idea of the next phase of the process. You know, it's funny. The one move I don't think I'd be able to tell would be trading a little too much or giving a little too much to Dennis Schroeder. That's like yeah. the one move that I can't figure out. I can't figure out if it is processy or not processy. I can't. I can't figure it out. Um, from Steamboat Jackson, you can have two of the process era X Sixers back next year. The first is for fun, and the second is for winning. Who do you choose? Wait, let me look at the shirt. Yeah, that's what I'm doing too. So make the, sure I got the whole shirt. The one for fun I would like back would be Evan Turner. Actually, uh, next year. Yeah. Okay. And the one for winning, I don't know. Boy, there's not a lot of ex-Sixers that are good for winning. <laughs> Get yeah. Luke back in here? Yeah. I Boy, boy, this list is something else. Drew, Thad? No. I would take... Danny Granger? I would take Drew back for winning. Okay. He would solve the point guard problem. I guess. Yeah. All I right, would... so I think the obvious answer for me is Brandon Davies and All Brandon right, for Davies. Fun. 
Right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, we have uh, four more. From Will, why do people think Buddy Heald is exactly what the Sixers need? Uh, because they see him being good right now, and that's all anyone can think about. And he can shoot. Yeah, and I think I think the shooting, and I think yeah. the like the the like two guardness that the Sixers some would say don't have. Yeah. From Matthew Pace, what if anything can we learn from these last five-ish games? Nothing. Uh, nothing. Just yeah, just yeah. get through them. Yeah. Just get through them. Hope that some fun stuff happens. Hope that Jeremy keeps hitting threes. Would like to see Covington get hot a little bit in the last couple. Yeah. Um, I would love Rashawn to come back and, and do some good stuff. And uh, obviously Nerland's also, but um, just a win, just a win, just a win, just a win. From the Maltese Furcon, who is the best free agent you can realistically see the Sixers signing this offseason? I'm going with their most likely signing, Kevin Durant. Uh, I think it's I think it's the Harrison Barnes, Baysmore kind of thing. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. I want to get. Uh, I'm sorry. Finish. No, go for it. And from Sixers Portugal, this is sort of a similar question. What are your What's your free agent shortlist? Um. Listen, you throw everything at Durant. Obviously, right. it's not going to happen, but you're going to try. Why not? You know. Yep. Um. DeRozan and Conley are, are ones that I think that they're probably not going to be able to get. I wouldn't touch Horford. Um, I'd make a fun run at like Tim Duncan, see if Duncan will come to Philly and play with Brett Brown just to mess with it. Hey, I want to throw out there that I don't like DeMar DeRozan at all. Okay, that's yeah. fair. I just want to throw it out. Um, Brad Beal is a guy that if he wasn't so sort of – Made of glass. I don't want to say, fra- I don't say fragile because I think that's, that's always bullshit, but yeah. he seems like an injury risk all the time. Yeah. But I like him. Um, I think I think it's going to be a like a like a Jordan Clarkson, Evan Fournier, Baysmore, Harrison Barnes. I think those are my like four guys. And I think if you really want to make a run uh, with an Embiid or Noel, if you trade Jaleel, like that kind of thing, I would also like Ryan Anderson, as we said all those months ago. I'll tell you, I also think there's a good chance the Sixers are going to trade for Kevin Love. I'm just throwing it out there. I think it might happen. You do? Mm -hmm. Why is that? I don't know. I think they're definitely going to trade Kevin Love. Uh, I think, uh, to be honest with you, I'd rather keep – if I were the Cavs, I would keep Kevin Love. Well, the way they use him is pretty bad anyway. I Mm -hmm. think Kyrie Irving is sort of a – is very skilled but also really overrated and a hard fit on a good team. So he can't guard anybody, and he's not really a point guard. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I think they're going to trade Kevin Love, and I think we could be involved in a Kevin Love trade. That's all right. All. That'd be cool. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Alan Crabb from Portland. Yeah, you I would also. I like. Uh, I probably like Mirza Toledovic more than I should, but I would take him. I'm still scrolling through. I'm still scrolling through. It's not, it's not a great. I mean, outside of the top. Well, LeBron. Yeah. The, the guys that we can't, I guess it's not going to matter anyway because the guys we can't touch are, are untouchable anyhow. Um, there's guys like that you hope that could become that could like unlock potential, and like like three and D guys like a Solomon Hill on Indiana. I still think Gerald Green. Yeah, he I seems like, like he's still Green. like he's still. If you can, I think he's on the wrong team. I, I really he's do. He's been on every team. Yeah, but I, I, I really like Gerald Green. I just, I, I like him a lot too. I think he's, 
I think there's still something there that has not been seen yet. By the way, can we just go back? Can you imagine the like, – I think if the Sixers ultimately traded Jaleel Okafor for John Wall, we would have to drive over to Andrew Sharp's house and just – Oh, I didn't think about it. Yeah. Oh, God. That would be so good. It would be the greatest moment in process history. Oh, I, my. I wow. It would be yeah. insane. Yeah. Just hearing like Sharp start to rationalize Okafor's talent. Yeah. Oh, After he put what? him 12th in the redraft, by the That's way. so good. All right. Let me give you a jigsaw. Can I give you a jigsaw? Let's do it. All right. Play. I will play this game. Game play. I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I- I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, how does it feel to win the ultimate game? And he said, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year? Okay, I'm getting back to gross here. Um, I think the people who like the jigsaw like it when it's gross, so here we go. Here are your two choices. Mike, the first choice. When you bathe, 1% of the water you bathe in is made up of strangers' urine. That is for the rest of your life. Whenever you bathe, you are bathing in 1% strangers' urine. Or, number two, for the rest of your life, when you go number two, you are not permitted to use anything to clean up but your hands. Ooh. Stranger's urine bath. Yeah, only 1%. Oh, wait. Only 1% of the bath is stranger's urine? Yeah, when you bathe, when you clean anything, 1% of the water is is made up of stranger's urine. Oh, 1%. That's negligible. Probably already is. Well, but here, here's what, but let me tell you, this is post-filtration process. So before you get the water, it's filtered and cleaned or whatever. After that, the urine is added in. Look, 1%, that's nothing. Okay. I'll take 1%. I'm happy with it. If you say 50, then I'm thinking about it. But yeah. like anything south of 50, I'm still taking that over wiping with my hands. Yeah, I'm taking it too because to me, going out to a restaurant is tantamount to bathing in 1% urine. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're eating 1% urine probably or even shaking yeah. somebody's hand. So I'm with you. But There's no way that I'm not like digesting urine right now. So, Just talking fun. So much of water when I shower goes into my mouth though. That's the only... It's the only pause I, I get. One percent, man. That's 1%, nothing. Right. Okay. Well, that's all I got. All right. So here are the five games left. We'll go. Let's say I, I want you to give me most likely game that they win. Tuesday yep. against the Pelicans. We have then Friday against the what's it called? The Knicks. Sunday against the Bucks, and then we have the uh, Raptors and the Bulls. I'm gonna say they win all of them. Me too. I'm going to say they go 5-0. Yeah. Are we going to go to the Sixers-Bucks game on Sunday? Yeah, we're going. We... Yeah, if, any, if anyone wants to uh, uh, stalk us, we will be at the Sixers-Bucks game sitting in uh, 201. So there it's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. We'll sit in our seats. We'll uh, And that's the final home game of the year. So, Oh, good. As processed um, as you can get. Next Ricky will be a live Ricky, right? We'll figure out. Yeah, we'll figure out day and time. Yeah. Yep. So. Right. Uh, this is cool. All right. Uh, Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jones. Oh, go buy your T-shirts at uh, cheesesteaktees.com. Go get your parking tickets for the uh, lottery party and visit L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, which is at 707 Walnut and always at LLPavorsky.com. Are you down when with you buy, t- when you oh, Well, when you buy the shirts, just keep in mind that they won't be coming for a while. So make sure yes. you'll get them at the lottery party or yeah. you'll get them. 
whenever they get released afterwards. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the ones that you're getting, if you're getting sent the shirt, I told them not to send them until May. So if you're planning on going to the lottery party, just do the pickup. Save your five bucks and pick it up there. Don't think you're ordering the shirt and getting it sooner. I, I don't, you know, I I don't even. Th- I only wanted to do the ship the lottery shirt for people outside of the area. Uh, or after the party itself. So if you're going to the party, make sure you do the pickup option. Come to the party. And if I like went to high school with you and we haven't talked in a while and you like weirdly listen to this, like just come say what's up. Yep. Be happy to see you. Uh, Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know Lickface? See you, buddy. See you, man.